Good afternoon. We are back with another edition of our Four Questions Journalist Spotlight. And we are talking today with Matt Henney. Matt Henney? Matt Henney? Did I say that right? Matt Henney? Yeah, that's that yeah, good. Matt Henney. Who <laughs> uh, has a couple of publications, uh, including uh, Project Q and Q Magazine, and, uh, and a whole lot of events that he's started doing now, too, virtually. So, Matt, I want to kind of give you, a, as a as I said, a chance to kind of first kind of tell me a little bit about who you are and what your background is. Great. So I uh, have been a journalist my entire career, except for maybe a year, a year and a half stint in government um, public relations, where I quickly figured out I wasn't cut out for public relations or government work. And then I got back into journalism. So um, so I just will forget that part of my background. But otherwise, I've been in, involved in, in local journalism my entire career, papers and South Carolina and uh, here in Metro Atlanta. For the last 12 years, I've done Project Q Atlanta. It's an online news site that covers LGBT uh, issues and news, politics, nightlife, uh, and across Metro Atlanta. And then uh, apparently because I didn't have enough to do during the coronavirus pandemic, I, I had toyed with the idea of of starting some sort of news publication uh, where I live, which is in East Point which is in a bit of a news desert. And once the, so I kind of had that idea in my head for a while and then the current pandemic hit and I was like, well, now's as good a time as any. So as my side hustle, I do uh, East Point Local, which is a email newsletter based uh, media site that covers uh, things happening in East Point, mostly coronavirus related, but uh, started branching out into, into other issues. So, and with Project Q, we have the website, um, so again, it's been around for about 12 years. And uh, in 2017, we started a weekly print publication called Q Magazine. Uh, it's a beautiful, glossy publication that covered sort of arts and entertainment, more evergreen type content. And uh, that was sadly a victim of the coronavirus pandemic and our big drop in advertising. But we're relaunching uh, a magazine on June 18th. That's called Q Atlas, a little bit different focus. Uh, more on events and nightlife, and uh, we're starting that magazine up, print publication up again. So hopefully that uh, will get started and, and be uh, uh, around for, for a long time. That's G- June 18th, you said that launches? June 18th, yes. June 18th, okay, which is soon, maybe today, depending on when I get this thing posted. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's going to be a, a print weekly publication? Yeah, print weekly publication, uh, Ooh, okay. absolutely. How about how about my timing there? Awesome. Right. Hey, we're timely and right on it. So that's yeah. good. Cool. Cool. So, you know, you mentioned the obviously the pandemic. How are you reporting now? How has that affected you? Uh, it it had a severe effect on us. We uh, had a staff of of five prior to the pandemic, and within you know a few weeks of it really taking hold in Georgia, um, our advertising just plummeted nearly to zero. Uh, so it had, a, it had a big impact on us. And in, in middle of April, um, we had to furlough everybody. And then my business partner and I have since been uh, just going it uh, alone just to keep the site viable. What the cruel irony of the pandemic, I mean, there's many of them, but for us specifically, um, our reach and traffic on the website has more than doubled uh, at the same time that our advertising revenue has almost gone to zero. And 
of course, the ad revenue is what keeps us going. So it's been it's been a weird situation for the last couple months that uh, people are hungry for information and the content we're doing. But, you know, advertisers, uh, well, I mean, many of our advertisers were, were closed for for uh, for several weeks. And as they slowly start to reopen, they're not ready to advertise. And I honestly can't can't blame them for that. So uh, we have been fortunate. We were able to navigate the pay, Paycheck Protection Program to get some funding through that. And uh, we were super fortunate that we got a grant from uh, Facebook Journalism Project's COVID-19 Local News Relief Fund. And that's been fantastic. And then we recently got a smaller grant from Google News Initiative's Journalism Emergency Relief Fund. So those two grants have been fantastic. They've allowed us to uh, bring in some freelance support to cover uh, coronavirus and the pandemic and allowed us to... Uh, do some other things with the business to help us um, survive this uh, sort of weird stretch until our advertising revenue comes back. Yeah, I would imagine a lot of your advertisers are events and uh, uh, restaurants and bars, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a big chunk of our, I mean, we're all of our revenue is from advertising. And then a big chunk of that is restaurants and, uh, and bars and nightlife oriented businesses. And, uh, you know, they were among some of the hardest hit, uh, by the pandemic. So that's, uh, that's been tough. It's starting to slowly come back. Uh, businesses, uh, some of the businesses have been able to be open now for a couple of weeks to some extent. And, uh, uh, you know, as they slowly get their customers back there, you know, we've talked with them and they're, they want to advertise again, but you know, they have other concerns as well, their employees and their business and their rent. And, uh, you know, they've got to be able to address that before they can start marketing again. Right, right, right. Uh, is there a is there a recent story that really has resonated with you that you thought, well, I'm I'm so glad I was able to do that story. Something that kind of goes back to your mission and really had impact for you. More than just one story, it's been the the several stories, the coverage that we've done about businesses and how small businesses have have struggled and um, struggled both with the financial impact of being closed and having uh, to rebuild their customer base and more um, the early weeks of the pandemic, how they struggled with just not knowing that, you know, things changed day to day. They didn't know if they were going to be shut down by the, by the city of Atlanta or the governor and, you know, what that was going to look like, how long that was going to last. And so those, those have been some of the more compelling stories to see how they have, uh, uh, have, struggled um to keep their businesses afloat yeah i think we we all thought initially this was going to be you know two or three weeks and then we'd be good right right no absolutely yeah i mean that that was a hope and uh <laughs> boy i mean the last three months um yeah. for us and for most people have seemed like it's been years so it's uh to think back you know in march middle of march um what my thoughts were about the pandemic and how it was going to unfold it to fast forward now to the middle of June. And it's just, it's uh, amazing how much it's changed. And has, have there been particular issues that have affected the LGBTQ community differently with greater impact than other communities? Certainly. I mean, I think that, that some of the things that, uh, we've seen in a general sense about coronavirus and how it 
impacts uh, uh, people of color uh, disproportionately, both in symptoms and hospital stays and death rates. You know, we've seen that among people of color that are also members of the LGBTQ community. Um, and um, I mean, that's, that's one of the things that, that's, that stands out about it. It's also the, you know, the impact on, on businesses. A lot of LGBT businesses are small businesses and, and they've been hurt the most, most severely by, by, the, um, by the pandemic and, and the financial side of it. Yeah, small businesses, we, you know, we just don't have the, the cushion that, that a bigger company has, although yeah, it seems like some of the bigger companies are saying they don't have much of a cushion either, which kind of surprises me. But, you know, it's just kind of that, yeah, just a reminder that, uh, you know, when times are good, you got you to gotta sock some stuff, some money away to, just in case, right? No, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, the media business, at least smaller media, smaller media outfits like ours, I mean, the, the, the margins weren't big before the coronavirus pandemic. So it, it, uh, uh, when those got wiped away pretty quickly, that made it even, even tougher. So we're, we kind of, at least me, I, I kind of sometimes look for some humor, not necessarily in, in <laughs> things that are happening, but just try to find something something funny in, in the world. I, I mean, what has been that kind of lighter, funnier moment for you? I, uh, I was just looking for one. I have three dogs and uh, they have no uh, regard for Zoom calls or live events or uh, anything like that. So, well, except today they're asleep, so they're not going to be bothered. Okay. I was, I was, I was trying to get one of them to make a guest appearance, but uh, <laughs> they're, they're not moving. So um, that's been the funnest part. I mean, it's it, the, the interruptions when you're trying to be serious and professional and, and have a Zoom interview like this, and um, the dogs have no regard for it or decide that, uh, you know, they want to start barking and run around the house and do what they normally do. So it, I, I do wonder what's, what's better or worse dogs or small children. Right. Cause I, I've heard, I've heard probably more people having issues with their small children than their dogs. Uh, I have, I've been on the, uh, some meetings of what I uh, tune into the East point city council meetings and, uh, uh, at least twice that I can remember the mayor, uh, who is a, a very serious, very buttoned down uh, person during her meetings. Um, she, of course, is, is doing them from home and her uh, her young daughter has walked in twice. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think people have become a lot more tolerant and understanding of that than sure. they than they were three months ago. You know, there's the, the BBC reporter from a year or two back who got all kinds of press because his, you know, kid ran in in the middle of a live shot but nowadays people are like okay yeah, yeah that's happened to me you know everybody's like yeah that's that's uh that's not a a point of embarrassment perhaps uh, as much as it once was oh no not at all and i you know for as much as the dogs can uh, make some noise and interrupt things it's great to have them around they've been a you know as i've i've worked from home we're all based from home uh, and have been for 12 years. So I'm sort of used to the rhythm of, of working for myself and, and being based at home. But uh, when you add on top of that, the last three months of very limited social interaction with real humans, it is nice to have the dogs around to, uh, to add some levity and some, some comfort. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about, you talked about some of the challenges that print pub has had with advertising, you know, in terms of just doing interviews at, What's been the most challenging part of trying to do interviews and get content? Um, it, 
it, it, you know, it's been more challenging when there have been events that I've covered outside of the office, whether it's been, you know, and, and more recently the last couple of weeks, uh, protests and trying to, uh, figure out how to cover those, um, because they're important to, to cover and, and be there for, um, but do so in a way that, you know, I feel safe and, and, uh, um, can cover them accurately, but have all these sort of new measures of trying to cover a live event with a face mask and uh, uh, social distancing. So, I mean, that's been the biggest challenge kind of, of adjusting to that in terms of just regular interviews. It hasn't been, that hasn't been too difficult of a transition for us. Cause like I said, we, um, I've been based at home the entirety of, of project Q. So I'm used to, you know, doing things online and other ways. So that, that hasn't been too bad. All right. Um, I know you've got a new kind of a online event series that you're doing. Talk to us about what, why that came about and what we, what you've done already and what's, what's coming up. Yeah. So we do a, we call it Q conversations playing off the the Q and project Q Atlanta. And it's a, it's a weekly event that we do on Fridays at noon. And uh, one of the, um, I learned one of the many, resources um that i've had the um uh advantage of of being uh open to me is i belong to a news publishers group the local independent online news publishers uh lion for short and they provide a lot of resources and one of the things that they've been doing throughout the pandemic is, is having webinars on interesting ways that their members have have found to reach their audience and uh one of the uh Media Outlets does for two weeks did a live event every day at noon. And so I got some ideas from that and thought it'd be a great way to connect with our audience uh, in a new way and be able to respond pretty quickly to, to current events. So we do this event on Fridays um, and have a couple different newsmakers um, around uh, a topic that is, that is current and uh, use a platform similar to Zoom and, and host those folks for half an hour and then take some questions from attendees and they've gone, we've done two so far and they've gone really well. I've uh, we've had some really good guests and, uh, and attendees who have been there have enjoyed them and put some good questions to, to folks. We did, did one about uh, before the primary about um, how folks can vote for LGBT equality at the polls during the primary. And then uh, one after that about so hate crimes legislation and uh, police use of force. Yeah, I think I saw the second one. The, and mm-hmm. it's interesting. I hate crimes. The legislation. I mean, the Ross, Speaker Ralston is is pushing that like I've never seen him push anything. He's 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 basically saying if we don't if we don't get this done, you know, it's going to be a stain on on Georgia for a generation to to not have a hate crime bill here. Yeah, he is. Uh, I mean, he's been. Uh, talking about the hate crimes bill since um, since February, but on Monday when the session opened up, he, he really had some, some his strongest statements yet in support of the hate crimes measure. So hopefully uh, that along with uh, the protests uh, that happened on Monday, there's been scores of cities across Metro Atlanta that have urged state lawmakers to pass the bill. Um, hundreds of, of big name brands and corporations are urging for the passage of the bill. So hopefully, uh, that will be enough to push the Senate into doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah, it, and sometimes it, the issue is just the the House and the Senate getting to agree on the 
the writing of their particular versions of the bill and the time it takes to go back and forth. And we only have what, 10 days for this session. So I think uh, things got to move quickly. Right. Um, so, the, so those Fridays are, what, what time are those on Fridays? Oh yeah, sure. It's Fridays at noon. And uh, so we have Fridays at 12 and then we have a 30 minute Q and a with our panelists and whatever the topic of the week is. And then, uh, spend about 15 more minutes addressing specific questions from the attendees and, and that's it. So it's a kind of a nice, quick, short uh, uh, session around lunchtime on Fridays. And, and where can people find that if they want to find it? Sure. So we, we promote it pretty heavily on our website through ads and the story each week. Um, so it's there on the website um, or people can go to our um, Facebook page, Project Q and Q Magazine Facebook page. And we have, uh, event invites um, is there uh, there as well, or um, sign up for our newsletter and we we promote them through that. All right, and they let's see. So the Facebook pages and uh, where are you guys on Twitter? Are you on Twitter? We are on Twitter, and um, wow, I should know that um, address <laughs> right off the top of my head. And I'm a I'm a bad publisher for not knowing that. Sometimes you say it's been set up for so many years, you forget what the handle is. We have. It has been around for 12 years, and that's why yeah. I didn't know the handle. So the handle is at Project Q Atlanta. Okay. And uh, Instagram? Uh, and we do have an Instagram, and my business partner is going to uh, yell at me for not knowing that handle right off the top of my head as well. And that handle is um, at the QATL. All right, so thanks for getting me in trouble twice. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. I mean, I'll, I'll edit. I'll edit that part out so it looks like you you, you had it like right there. So that, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Uh, I didn't know I was going to need that. I do have a I do have a set of notes on my screen to mention those uh, two grants that we got. So I wanted to make sure I got those right, but I didn't even yeah. think about not knowing our social media handles. No, that's okay. That's all right. It's uh, you know, like I said, I, if if you ask me what my Instagram, I, I know my Twitter handle. But if you ask me what my Instagram handle is, I would have to think for a second because it's been a while since I set that one up. Uh, and uh, and Facebook and, and LinkedIn, I think, I think are pretty, e you know, those are easier to remember. But um, all right. So what is your next uh, Friday event? What's the topic going to be for this Friday? And I'll just so because you mentioned it now, we're, we are Project Q Atlanta on Facebook. Okay. Cool. Um, got all, all three of those out of the way. Our event on this Friday on the 19th is uh, talking to um, LGBTQ bar owners and uh, chatting with them about how they've navigated through the coronavirus pandemic and now are struggling to, to open up and, and what that means for them and their employees and, and their entertainers and their patrons. Yeah, I've been thinking that of all the kinds of businesses you know, bars are probably the most challenging just because how many people are in proximity, you know, that and, you know, big events and concerts, you know, but bars, you're just, you know, lots of, lots of people crowding to the bar to, to get drinks and, you know, trying to forget what's going on. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that too, that too. But you, I mean, I, I just think when, when I used to do more bar hopping in the Highlands, you know, it's just, you were, you were packed into those bars. Yeah. And, and now I kind of was like, you just <laughs> don't. No, I mean, it is a challenge for them. And, and uh, some of the bars, uh, LGBT and otherwise, uh, were closed for a couple months. Some of them uh, that operate under restaurant licenses um, 
started doing takeout so that they'd have, you know, some business and be able to at least retain some employees. And, uh, and then others, there's, hey, there's one of the dogs making the guess. Hey, there's, there's a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and then uh, some of these bars, uh, you know, are their big attraction was entertainment. So they're trying to figure out, Hey, how do we, how do we restart with our comedy shows and, uh, and drag shows and other things? And how do we make that safe for entertainers and crowds? Because, you know, the dancers are close to the crowds and they're taking tips and cash. And, you know, so there's just a whole, whole assortment of issues that they have to, to figure out. Right. Right. Yeah. It's going to be a, a challenging time for, I would think at least the next year or so uh, as we try to figure out, you know, vaccines and medic medicines and protection and, and social distancing and all that. Yeah. And, and, and places that have opened um, bars and restaurants, um, you know, while they have customers that want to see them open and get back to business and employees that they want to bring back and pay, there's, there's also uh, a downside to it. And a lot of folks that um, take to social media to criticize the fact that they're open and, and uh, um, that people are going and not necessarily wearing masks and social distancing. So it's, it's, it's a tough line for them to walk. Yeah. The, the shaming in both ways, shaming, <laughs> if you wear a mask and shaming, if you don't wear a mask. And I, I think we, we just need to get beyond that. That's, that's a, that's a terrible thing seeing some of that. All right. So is there anything else that you and I haven't talked about that we want to talk about? Anything else you're working on? Any other events? Any other new ventures up your sleeve that think, hey, I can talk about that? Not, not that you don't have enough ventures, right? Uh, yeah, I have enough ventures. I just need to uh, focus on making the ones we've got uh, uh, thrive again. So that's, I mean, that's the biggest challenge. So yeah, we've got the website that's, that, that in terms of audience is doing great. Um, we're just working um, with our, our business partners and advertisers to get them comfortable and help them restart their business. Um, got the launch of the magazine, which is also uh, called Q Atlas now. And uh, that's on the, 16th, the 18th and our weekly uh, online events on Fridays. Cool. All right. Awesome. We've been talking with Matt Henney, who is busy with many different things, which is the way a small business entrepreneur should be, right? Yes, never, never, never a dull, quiet moment. Matt, thank you for talking with us, and uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another edition of our Four Questions Journalist Spotlight. We'll be back next week. I don't know who our guests will be, but uh, it'll be someone fun and cool and uh, with some really great information for us. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Mitch.